My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. I have a super exciting guest I'm bringing on today, you guys. The guest I'm bringing on, Lawrence Dunning, a former professional athlete and Chicago Golden Gloves boxing champion that now competes all over the world as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and has run marathons in, in all seven continents. Today, Lawrence has earned the title of the top 1% agent in Chicago, along with being the highest producer at his company for six consecutive years. Lawrence is also the host of Enter the Lineheart podcast. So welcome to the show, Lawrence. I'm so excited to have you on. What a privilege. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for the introduction. I'm, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. You know, you know, I know that my introductions are very short and brief because our episodes aren't all together that long. However, I'd love if you don't mind taking us back. How did you get to where you are today? I mean, the success that you have accomplished over the years. I'd love to just see, you know, a little bit of your history, your background and story as to how you got there to, to this place today that you're in. Well, thank you, Brittany. But I'm just off the bat, I want to say that um, anything that I've achieved that I'm, I'm obviously, if I've had success, I'm, I'm grateful for it and I'm happy. But I really do believe that life is, it's never like you're going to get to an end goal and be satisfied. So I think I've had that mentality ever since I was a teenager, where I was always just looking to push myself and grow. So whether it was intellectually, where I was, I've always been a big reader since I was a kid, or whether it's physically, I've always tried to push boundaries and you know, train hard and be, be disciplined. Um, and when you do that year after year, there's that famous saying, we always overestimate what we can do in one year, but we underestimate what we can do in a decade. Because a decade is is one year times 10, you know, 10 years stacked on top of each other. And I think I've just had that same mentality where I don't do anything I don't like. I really do enjoy everything that I do. And I've just found my niche and what works for me. And I try and make every day a good day. So every day I try to get my physical workout in and, and try and grow in that aspect. I try and you know intellectually try and grow in that aspect. And I try and get my work done for my career. So trying to do those every day and, and make good days. And then good days turn into good years. Good years turn into good decades. So it's just having that mentality where... Um, there's a the martial arts saying is to be a master you must always be a student and I think I've always been a student and I've always looked for mentors you know at any given time I have four or five mentors you know I have a, I have a running coach I have a jiu-jitsu coach I have a conditioning coach I have a business mentor I have a real estate mentor you know I have all these different mentors um, and I'm actually working on a book about real estate and I've got a, a you know a coach for that too so I think it's it's I'm not too proud to always try to look to seek help from the best people I can find incredible thank you for sharing now you mentioned mentorship and how important it is. Now, I'm 100% behind you on that. I'm a firm believer, get a mentor, you know, and, or more than one like yourself. Why is it so important to you? Um, if you don't mind diving into that a bit deeper, just to, you know, share with the people listening how important, how much, how much it affects your life in general and your business or anything else. Well, so I'll use the example when I, I transitioned to careers when I was 35 into real estate and I'd already been working a little bit as an investor in real estate. And then one of my best friends, he was an attorney and he said, you know, I hate being an attorney. I find it so dry. 
he had his real estate license kind of on the side. He said, I really want to kind of switch careers where I focus on real estate and then I do my, my legal stuff on the side. And we, we were really good friends. We lived in the same building. We used to go to the gym together. And he said, you know, you could kill it in real estate. You've got a British accent. People will love you. You're very smart. You have a background in finance. So you kind of focus on investment, investment properties. And over time, over the first year in the business, I realized that I would just, just in the, the normal conversation of we were friends, I didn't even see it as, oh, this guy's my business, my real estate mentor, but he had been doing real estate for a decade. I hadn't. And I would just pick his brains. We'd let, we, we both live in the same building. We'd take the dogs out. And I would just pick his brains about little things. And I didn't realize at the end of that first year, I had learned so much. I meet these agents that have been in the business, you know, five, six, seven years, and they, they know less than half of what I knew that first year, just because I had that that person to really that really smart and experienced person. So I feel like it just it accelerates your learning curve. And I'm I'm a big believer in some things, like I, the expression "life hacks" has become very popular. I know um, Tim Ferriss was one of the the big popularizers of that term, and I think you can definitely be more efficient at things. Um, and I think that's where the mentorship comes in is is your 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 path of learning is accelerated. But Brittany, that doesn't mean that sometimes you just have to do the work. And that's why a lot of people like David Goggins and these inspirational um, athletes where they're just like, yes, you can try and have these life hacks, as we call them, to be more efficient. And, and mentorship is definitely one of them. But you can't have mentorship without doing, doing the work. So those two things have to go together. Um, so I'm a big believer in both. But too many people get focused on either one or the other. And I think there's something, um, this might be more, more common amongst men, men than women, but I was just joking with a friend of mine. He was saying, man, it's like, I can't even ask for directions. He he's, uh, has a charity. He's like, I'm trying to raise money here and I can't even ask for directions. Do you know how hard it is for me to come to people like raising money? So I think that's something where a lot of people, whether it's insecurities or imposter syndrome, they, they want to have the answers as opposed to saying, mm -hmm. hey, I don't know. And I've always had the approach where I, I say, I don't know every day to something to, because I want to find out, like even in real estate, I know the Chicago market back to front, but I don't know the exact sale of a two bedroom condo in a certain building off the top of my head. There's so much data out there. So right. I think having that mentality where you, you don't know everything, but you know, I, I know where to get the answers, whether it's me researching it or whether it's me going to one of these mentors. So I think that's so important is you have that mentality where you don't know everything and you're always growing and it's just mentors just accelerate your growth. And also the other thing, so that that's the one aspect of, your knowledge, um, your growth of your knowledge is going to be quicker. But the other thing is just the, I think just the, the mentorship almost as a, as a friend in tough times, you, to vent to, you can bounce ideas off, you know, because after a certain time you become a peer with your mentor and then you can kind of sometimes mentor him and help him. So it does become a two-way street. Or if you never reach the state where he's at, then maybe you can start mentoring people that are five, five years behind you. Right. So I think that's, that's what's so beautiful. And that, I think with my life, one thing I've got, is so there's a lot of people maybe they're just mentors to everybody but they don't have a mentor or they're kind of really struggling and they're just looking for mentorship but they're not mentoring anyone and I think I've got a good balance between people that I look up to that, that I learn from still but also people that I'm trying to help and that was a big reason why I wanted to start a podcast is because I have this really good network of people and for me a good and I'd love to hear your opinion on this pretty because you you're opposed to for me, a good podcast is almost like an audiobook. It's like some of the ideas of the person talking. It's like an author writing about a certain topic that he's very passionate about. So I think I'm just trying to get some wonderful people that maybe they don't have the biggest audience or, but they have an incredible message and incredible story. It's so inspirational. And I want to, I want to give them a bit of airtime, you know? So I think that's my way of trying to be a, not, I'm not really a mentor to them, but I'm just trying to help them grow their platform and get their message out there. So I think those two things, being a mentee and a mentor, if you can try and get both of them together, 
that's a really powerful formula. 100%. I agree, you know, and you mentioned like the mentor, mentoring doesn't work unless you're putting in the work as well. I agree with that 100%. And like you said, podcasts are great for that. And you are making a difference in these people's lives, you know, by getting them on your show, getting these experts on to talk, or even if they're not an expert, but they're teaching something valuable and sharing it with the world, which is huge. Exactly. So, I remember when I when I first started, Brittany, I, obviously, when you first start a podcast, you have to start somewhere. So you don't have this huge audience, you know, something over right? time, hopefully it grows and it builds. But I remember really early on, people that I had like, there was like a buddy of mine from the gym that I hadn't seen in probably close to a decade. And he was a great yeah. guy. We used to chat when we, we were fighting because fighting is an individual sport, but it's there's an incredible team aspect of the camaraderie and you really look out for your teammates. So we had some wonderful conversations between training sessions, but they were short. And that was, you know, a decade ago, he sent me this really nice message about how listening to a few of my podcasts helped him getting through a tough time. And just someone that it, it was such a random coincidence and that, that was right off the bat. And then since then, obviously I've, I've had a lot more of those kind of messages and they, they just, they make me so happy to hear that because I do believe that life's about energy and putting out good energy, you get you get things back. And you're not do, you're not doing good things to try and get something back. That's not your reason. That's just kind of a byproduct. Um, and you mentioned it earlier, just before we started recording, we were talking about energy. And I was saying how positive you are and how energy, you have really good energy. I used to think that was all kind of baloney, but now I'm older. I think I really think life's about energy. And I'll tell you, Brittany, this is a, a business lesson for anyone listening. When I was when I worked for my my trading company. They had a big round of layoffs and there were some guys who were pretty good traders that didn't make the cut. But there was this one guy and he was just such a wonderful, wonderful. He wasn't a good trader, never really made any money, but he was just a wonderful guy with good energy. And he made the cut. And I remember thinking I was laughing. I was thinking that's something they don't teach. I have an MBA. They don't teach you that in business school that, you know, sometimes the difference between, you know, losing a job or making it is just being a person that people want around the office. So I think that's a really good uh, it's a really good message. Um, not something people think about, but it really does make a difference in life. Is we want to be around people that are good energy that make us feel good, and that opens up a lot of doors in life. So many doors, and like you said, putting that energy out there first, it comes back tenfold, right? So yeah. love it. Now, you know, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, I know that you did pivots within the careers and stuff like that throughout uh, your journey. Now tell me a little bit about how it was easier the second time around. I'm so glad you said that. So I'm not going to lie. When I first switched, I was a trader um, in my twenties. I had my own trading company and I did very, very well. I had all, all this money and I turned 30 and I'd won the golden gloves in Chicago, which is an amateur competition. And I was doing jujitsu. And then I was like, no, I've got a very small window to fight professionally. It's always been a dream of mine to just push my boundaries. I never thought as a kid, if you ask any of the people I grew up with, Who's the most likely person in this class to be a professional fighter fighting in front of thousands of people in a pair of Lycra shorts? I would have definitely been probably at the bottom of that list, if not close to the bottom. Um, and that's one of the reasons it was so appealing to me was because I'm naturally a more introverted person. I've become more extroverted as I got older, but it was a, wow. it wasn't the natural thing for me. It was a very difficult thing. And every the, the anxiety really? and the nerves and everything, they were really, really hard for me. So that's one of the reasons I like to do it is for the because I knew I'd get so much out of it. But I didn't realize at that time when I left trading that I thought I could lead the, I was trading in the, the Chicago Board of Trade. So I was in the pits, like in, in trading places where you're kind of yelling and screaming and it's, it's they call it blue collar work, white collar pay, because um, you can do very well, but it's not the most glamorous day-to-day job. So I was making all this money. Got I thought, I've got a very small window because I'm just going to be too old. So from 30 to 35, that's what I focused on. And then I got to 35 and I realized I've been so reckless with my money. 
And I just assumed in the back of my head, you know, I was young. I didn't know any better. I assumed that I could just go back to the trading floor and go back in the pit and keep making this great money. I didn't realize that that whole business model had kind of gone away because the big banks had come in, high-frequency trading, the, the, the era of these small trading groups competing against the banks, that kind of that kind of gone. So then I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do? You know, mid-30s, so I, I felt like I had an early midlife crisis. And I was just very happy at the time that one of the only smart decisions I made when I was um, fighting is I, I started investing in real estate and I saw it was such a good model. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah. I have this background studying finance, but no one taught me about investing in real estate. There's got to be a niche there because I'm a finance guy. I don't know this. So how many other people don't know this? And so I was just very lucky that I had, again, like I said, my good friend who was like, yo, you kill it in real estate. So between me buying this this big commercial property and kind of seeing how the business model worked and then having the right mentor who was my friend who who encouraged me to do it, that was kind of the, the transition. But the first year in real estate, I remember I had the mentality where I'm not going to try and make money. I just want to learn as much as I can because if you become really good at something, the money will come. But if you try and just chase the money, I don't think that's the best way to do business. So the first year, to be completely frank with you, I didn't make much money. And I probably made what I could have made in a good day or two trading in the pit in the whole year. And so being in your mid-30s, that was an incredibly depressing, humbling experience. But it's one of those things where one of my favorite sayings is life has to be lived looking forward, but it can only be understood when you look back. And when I look back at that time, I realized that if that hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't, I grew so much as a human um, just in those few years that I'm so grateful it happened because, you know, hypothetically, just say I put, you know, a couple of hundred dollars back then in Bitcoin, I could have been a Bitcoin millionaire. And so I wouldn't have had to financially be forced to kind of um, go through this transition and get all the growth, the personal growth that I got out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, but your specific question was, why is it easier? And I think once you've been successful with anything, you kind of know the formula. So I knew the formula from real estate. Sorry, I knew the formula from trading. I knew the formula from, from competing in combat sports is that you have to have the knowledge and you've got to put kind of what we said earlier, you've got to have the, the knowledge, whether it's through self-learning, through mentorship, through classes, whatever it is, you have to gain the knowledge. And then the other thing is you have to put the work in. And when you have those two things together, you make time your ally. So over time, you're, you're going to be successful. Whereas if you try and do shortcuts, like what I mentioned about people that transition and they just try and focus on the money, I think that's going to slow your progress down. So I think if you if you front load anytime you start a new career or a new venture, if you front load just trying to be the best at that thing, that then you're going to be giving value to people. Then people will pay you for that for that value. Whereas too many people think they try and skip skip the value step and say, "How am I going to make money?" Without almost, and then you become almost like a sleazy salesman where you're trying to sell something, but you're not really giving too much back. Um, so I really think having the confidence to know once you've done it once. It, you know, I could pivot to a completely different career and I wouldn't know anything. And I'm sure the first year or two would be tough, but I, I would, I could apply that same formula and eventually you'd get success that way. 100%. Thank you for sharing that, Lawrence. It's, it's, it's so big. And it, you mentioned life can, only, and I might have, the words might not be exact, but something along the line says life can only be lived looking forward but only understood looking back, it, oh my gosh, yes. it does humble you, you know, and it is so true. It's, it, I, I've been noticing that more and more with so many different things. And I almost want to tell my friends that are going through tough times, like 
it, it's kind of a bit of a cliche that it used to drive me nuts when I was young. And my, you know, something bad would happen, and my mom would say, "Every cloud has a silver lining." Like, yeah, I don't really want to hear that right now, but it is true. In every hardship, there's lessons and growth, and as long as we kind of have that mentality. Um, I think we're going to be much better humans. So one thing I've realized recently, and I actually just put a post on LinkedIn about it, it was um, from from rereading Marcus Aurelius's meditations. And he had the mentality, you know, he was the most powerful guy in Rome, but he had the mentality every morning he woke up, he had the mentality that I'm going to deal with deceitful, rude, aggressive, um, you know, opportunistic opportunistic people. And I'm so I know that going into every day, I'm going to have to deal with all these problems as the, as the Roman emperor. Because I know that I'm not going to let it, you know, affect my mood or my disposition, and, and I'm going to stick to what I, what you know, the way I want to rule. He was an incredible ruler. So by having the mentality that listen, we're always going to have problems in life. The best we can choose is that we kind of choose which problems we're going to have, and then we can. It's going to be less stressful, or, or it's going to be more fun to solve them. And I think that took me a long time to get to that realization because I. Too many people have this thing where they're in, a, they're in a job or a career they don't like. And hey, if I do this for 20 more years, I can just retire and then I'll be happy. And I just, I really disagree with that. It's kind of like people that are miserable and they think if they make more money, they'll be happy. For me, money is an amplifier, just like time. If you're a happy person with a lot of interests and someone gives you all this time, you're going to use it to do more things that bring you happiness. You're going to be happy. But if you're not an unhappy person and you get all this time, it's going to give you anxiety. And I actually have friends that are dealing with that where they have too much time on their hands and it gives them anxiety. And I'm so jealous because I'm a new dad and I'm struggling. My wife and I are juggling a hundred things. And we're always, we're so jealous of people who have a lot of time. And, um, and yeah. I, so I really think by changing your mentality a bit and realizing that a good life is not one where you're sitting around doing nothing with no problems. A good life is when you're choosing which problems to solve and you're, you're, you're growing and you're working on yourself. And, and through that whole process, you're going to be getting inspiration from people, but you're also going to be giving back to people, you know, that kind of balance. I think that's a good life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, this has been amazing. Now, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. You know, with all that inspiration, you have like the mindset and mentality of, you know, someone who's very successful in which you are because you have the right mentality mindset. Now, how did that, how did you carry that on starting the podcast? What was the, I mean, I guess what's your, what were your intentions behind the podcast and where is it at today? Well, so I really believe in um, investing in yourself. And for me, the, the podcast, it's, it's, it's a huge time commitment. And I just got finished saying how I'm struggling with time and I'm overwhelmed. So people think, well, why would you want to start a, you know, a new project that's very time intensive? And it's because conversations like this, they're inspiring. Like I already worked out earlier. If I hadn't, as soon as we hung up this call, I'd run to the gym. So I've, you've given me this energy. And I feel like I get that same thing from people when I when I, when I I talk to inspiring people. Number one, I learn so much about life. And number two, like I just, I, I follow my interests. So for instance, I had a guest on um, from Tasmania um, in Australia. And oh, sorry, Tasmania, I mean, I'm my, my ignorance, I don't know if that's part of Australia or part of New Zealand, but it's in between I, the two. I, I think it's- a, I It's think one it's of the two. Australia. You're right. It is one of yes. the two. I can't remember which I, one, but you're right. It's one of I'm those pretty, two. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty sure it's Australia. But he, I can't remember how he connected, but he wrote a book on the dangers of technology and what it's doing, um, what it's doing to people. And I really enjoyed it. And I can't remember, I think I read it and I reached out to him and we did a podcast. And then a year later, he reached back out to me and he said, hey, I've just written my second book and it's on, on uh, the dangers of technologies to kids. And he's like, can I come on your podcast and talk about it? I'm doing, you know, the, the book promotion tour. And I said, that's per like, it was so perfect to me because he sent me a copy. I've got a two-year-old. So 
immediately it's something that I'm curious about. So I learned so much from just talking to him. And obviously, hopefully other people, you know, got some benefit. And that's just one small example. But I mean, a lot of the people I talk to, just because I'm in, I'm a jiu-jitsu instructor and I've been training jiu-jitsu over two decades. So a lot of the people at jiu-jitsu um, black belts and getting your jiu-jitsu black belt on average takes about, I, th- I would say about 15 years if you're consistent, sometimes 20, sometimes 10, if you're training six times a week, it's it's wow. really freaking hard. So a lot of people that reach that level of mastery in one thing, there's that beautiful Japanese expression, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And they tend to have some really interesting philosophies on life or they've, they've got really interesting backstories and things like that. So um, a, a lot of it is kind of the, because I have that martial arts background, it's going to be martial artists, but also I, I'm fascinated by entrepreneurship and finance. Um, I, I love learning that. Obviously, again, selfishly for myself, you know, I want to grow as an entrepreneur. I want to I want to be better about real estate. I want to be better about finance. So um, I get to talk to these authors and these people that I look up to. And I feel so humbled and privileged. Um, there's a book that really impacted me. It's called Life in Half a Second. And it says, if you look at the of how long modern humans have been around for, your your lifespan, whether it's you know 80 years or 85 years, that is like if if the whole span of, of how long humanity has been around for is like you with your arms out to the side. It's literally one, it's half a second just to, to um to half a second on a 24 hour clock is going to be your 85 years. So it's so short in the cosmic cosmic being that we really have right. to make the most of it. And I remember I read that book years ago and it so impacted me. I've given that, I've given that to probably 25 people I bought that book for. So I thought it was such a good book. And he lives in Australia and I got to have a chat with him about life. And I'm just, that's one example. Like all these people that I looked up to, I get to get on a podcast and I get to, to like, I want people to read this book. I want people to have his philosophies because it impacted me so much. And I know it'll help mm-hmm. others. So for me, the podcast is, it's just about things that I, f- I find fascinating and I'm, I have a very curious mind. I've lost to divergent interests and I feel like I've grown so much and I know a lot of people because so I've got some really nice messages. I've, uh, I've got a lot out of it too. And that's something that I think as I get older and older, I'm going to do more podcasting and I'm probably going to be working a bit less in my career because you know, I really believe in these kind of waves in life. So I think right. in my 20s, I was all about like just trying to get financial security. And then in my 30s, right. I was kind of following some passions and I was changing careers. And now in my 40s, I'm trying to get established. I'm a new father. I'm moving. I've got all these other things I'm doing. Probably in my 50s, hopefully I'm going to be more of a maybe a full-time podcast, you know. So I really believe in in leaving avenues open because we don't know where our life's going to go. And one of my biggest <clears throat> messages to anyone struggling is I think they say the definition of depression is not knowing or not being able to comprehend that better times are ahead. And I really believe that when you're in the midst of bad, um, a bad situation in your life, it's really hard to see there's better days ahead. But there is better days ahead. You just gotta kind of get through this bad period. And in if if you're in a good place, unfortunately, you know, good times don't last forever. So you have to kind of give yourself options and, and avenues for things that excite you, things that light your soul on fire, things that might lead to monetization down the road. But you want to give yourself options. You don't sure if there's one thing I learned from my first career trading, it's I thought that I could stand in a pit screaming and shouting using my intellectual knowledge to make six figures for the rest of my life. I never thought that could go away. And now I realize that it doesn't matter how profitable you are in any business it can go away very quickly. So by, by keeping a few avenues open and by always investing in yourself, you never know where things will work. So um, that's kind of the, that was the reason why I started the podcast and it's been so fun. It's, I'm, not on, I'm, I'm on about a year and a half now. I think I'm coming up to my 75th episode and it's just such a, it's, it's been such a rewarding, probably the most rewarding venture I've ever done because martial arts has been very rewarding. 
actually no probably martial arts that's why i've been doing that 20 years but <laughs> martial, arts, martial arts tends to be a bit more selfish in the sense that if i go and win a jiu-jitsu tournament i feel proud and happy but i haven't really impacted anybody well you know maybe my students will be inspired or something but the, the impact with the podcast is like i said you're, you're getting somebody who lives in tasmania you're getting his message out to downtown chicago listeners you know so i just i find that so wonderful it's just sharing sharing things that impact you because you know it's gonna if it impacts you it's gonna impact anyone else that's listening yeah. And it'll be like a snowball effect, honestly, like the people listening and, and you know, they're going to share it. And then from there, you're touching so many people all over the world, with this, you know, information that you're sharing for free with them, you know, just to yeah. change someone's life. You never know who needs to hear an episode a day. Right. So, um, That's and it's so incredible. Funny. I wish we could see exactly who watched them. Right. But um, you would just be shocked at all the people that around the world and, you know, later down the road, you're going to get, and you even have already started getting messages being like, man, thanks so much for this episode. I really need to hear that today, blah, blah, blah. Like you'll keep getting those messages and you're like, holy wow, I, I'm making a difference, you know? And yeah, I mean, you're passionate about it. So it makes it so much more enjoyable. Right. So exactly. Yeah. And I think we can do, I think that just brings us good energy. Then we're going to give that out to other people. So I really, I really know there was one time where I was, I was a bit overwhelmed with everything and I was talking to my wife and she said something like, I know it's, it's, it's brings you a lot less. You know, it doesn't really, I have, I have one sponsor, but it doesn't, it's not really my, my goal was not to monetize it. I, I get my, my wealth from my career, my, my, my income, but she was like, I don't think there's anything that you do that I see you afterwards that lights you up as much as when you have conversations with kindred spirits, people that inspire you, people you looked up to. Um, so I think if you just follow that, the money will come. And there's actually, um, talking of jujitsu, if you look at the roots of jujitsu, it's a beautiful story because it was developed by this um, this Gracie family in Brazil. And the older brother, Horian, he came to the US and he was an attorney and he was a very good brander. And he actually started the ultimate fighting, um, the UFC, the ultimate fighting championship. And he had, he sold it, he had a partner and they sold it very early. But that recently just got sold for $4 billion. So he built a $4 billion enterprise. And there's jujitsu in almost every major city and town all around the world because of this because of this one person. And our, one of his brothers, who was kind of the, the, the champion of the family, Hicks and Gracie, he said, I love it so much. I'm going to teach for free in my garage and the money will come eventually because I'm so good and passionate. And now, you know, he's a multimillionaire and, and all the founders are very, very wealthy. So they really had a passion. No one had even heard of it in America. And they set up this, this thing to showcase the power of jiu-jitsu. That went on to be a $4 billion enterprise. And then jiu-jitsu has made, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millionaires all over the world just by sharing this, this, this beautiful art. So I love that story because it's not, they didn't, he didn't come to America and say, how can I make money? He came to America and he said, okay, I'm going to share this art and the money will come. And that's, that's just a good example of life. So many, so many things we can do. If you're really passionate about something, um, you can do really well. And if you, there's a lot of wealthy people and you find out what their, you know, what their, their niche is, and it can be the most random thing. It can be like, you know, so, some kind of weird nozzle on a water filter or something, but they, every major company uses this water filter. And there's one company in the world that supplies this one intricate part or something. like. So I always find those stories so cool. It's like, um, find your niche. And I think that's actually a great lesson um, it, as well for, for real estate for me. There's 45,000 agents in Chicago. Well, what is my niche? And it, my, my friend was very sweet. What makes sweet you stand out? What makes it unique? Yes, exactly. Yeah, he, he was very sweet because he said, oh, you do really well because you have an English accent. Well, that's very nice, but that's not really a niche. So I realized that my niche, because, <laughs> <laughs> because I have a background in finance, 
my niche is going to be investment properties. And that's because I was an investor before as a broker, you know, that's where my background is. So that doesn't mean to say, of course, I help friends buy houses and just, you know, condos and houses, but my niche and my passion has become, you know, investment properties dealing with investors from out of state who want to invest in Chicago and they don't know the first step of that. And I can give them the whole formula. Um, so I think getting a niche in almost any industry is really, really important because there's a lot of generalists and most people don't pay for generalists. Most most people pay for specific niches that, that can fulfill a need and solve a problem. 100%. I agree with you. I mean, it is so important as an entrepreneur or, you know, business person, niche it down, really narrow it down. And you're going to attract the right fit people to the right fit clientele, the customers, whatever it might be. As long as you niche it down, you can't be too broad. You really can't. And uh, so I'm really happy we kind of we're on the same page about that because I fully agree with it, hundred percent. So Lawrence, tell me a bit about you know your your maybe maybe your biggest desire and focus for you know 2023. Any big shifts or any you know desire for the podcast or within the business? So 2023 is such an interesting year. So I'm a really big believer in goal setting. And I had this, um, I've got always got multiple goals at the same time. And this is the first year. So I had um, a couple of big athletic goals. There was um, a tournament, that, there's a big tournament called the Pan American Games in Jiu-Jitsu. And I was trying to get um, to the top four. And the reason that's so difficult is because most of the people I'm comp- competing against, their whole life is Jiu-Jitsu. They have a school, all they do is Jiu-Jitsu. Whereas I have a lot of other things to do. I have a, a, a career, I work, you know. 50 hours a week or whatever it is. I have a young son. I have a family. I also do a podcast. I have a lot of other interests. My life is more than just jiu-jitsu. So I'm trying to compete against them. So I was so happy. I, I made the final four in this tournament. And then I really wanted to run a marathon. On, I wanted to be the first jiu-jitsu black belt to have run a marathon on all seven continents. And I just did the last one in Antarctica. And it was uh, January 1st. And we were there for a week. And there was no service. It was awesome. So I, I couldn't do any work. It was really just, I was with the guys I was with. It was, it was my wife and I and two other couples. So six of us. And then there were some scientists there and there were some people like there was a chef and there, there was a, a little team there. And it was every night because it was the beginning of the year, my wife and I were talking about what our goals are, you know, individually and for the family and together. And I realized that this was the first year I'm, I'm turning 44 in a few months. And it was the first year that I didn't have specific athletic goals. And I, I didn't want to. I wanted to kind of pivot a little bit away from that. And I wanted to really focus on other goals. And, and one of the big goals was... Um, with this move, I'm moving out of Chicago. I really want to um, focus on kind of too many times in life, when, especially busy people, you're so busy getting things done and ticking boxes. You never take that step back and see, am I going in the right direction? So when I do this move, I really want to kind of analyze a lot of things in my life and, 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 and decide on what the next step is. And I don't know what that is. And it feels really nice. It feels really nice to not know. Um, there's a couple of, I have two really good friends who do a lot of charity work and with really wonderful charities. And I'm definitely going to get more involved with those two. And, um, I think I'm going to regrow my business where I'm going to focus on, on the, the area I'm in, in Indiana, as well as Chicago. So I'm getting my license for that. So that that's kind of a big goal. And then, um, yeah, I really, I really want to grow the podcast. I think, I think, um, I've got, I've got a funny situation where we just talked about niches being so important and my podcast mm-hmm. doesn't have a niche. But the reason is because I have more than one interest and I've tried to be authentic to myself. And I believe, I'm not sure if it's still the case, but I believe that Tim Ferriss's podcast and Joe Rogan's podcast, they're two of the biggest podcasts. And both mm-hmm. of them, they have certain topics they're interested in, but they also have four or five niches. They don't just have one. Um, so I know it's right. slower for growth when you have multiple interests, 
Um, but also in life, you have to stay, you have to kind of be authentic to yourself. And so I'd really like to, to I, I've spent no effort trying to grow my podcast, none at all. All I tried to do with the first you know, 50 episodes is I wanted to be a better host. I want to be more comfy. I wanted to be more, you know, I'm, a lot of the time my brain works faster than my mouth. So I'll, I'll finish an episode and then I'm, I'm spending the next hour. I'm thinking about all these things I missed, all the mistakes I made. And it's, it's, oh, I, I don't no. know if you have that too, but it drives me nuts because we're all our own harshest critic. So for me, we are. That's, that's, that's something for this year is I really want to spend a bit of time like promoting it, growing it um, and going, I've, I've got had some guests that I've looked up to a lot, but I've also had other people who have big, big audiences and they're friends of mine or friends of friends. And I'm like, ah, you know, I, I want to get them on when I have a bigger platform. So their message resonates with more people. So that's definitely something I'm, it's, it's a big goal for this year is kind of growing that. So I don't, it, it's the one thing with goal setting, which I think is really beautiful is um, the goals. They're like kind of like pivots in the ground. They're like posts in the ground that they give you direction and really stepping away from physical competition. Um, that has really opened up my mind to, I, I kind of want to give myself space to breathe. And I, I don't know if you've had this, where you felt this the last few years, but with technology and all the incoming text and emails and calls we get, it's very hard to get space. So that week in Antarctica was so special to me because the two guys that I worked that, that were there, the two other couples, the two guys, we really hit it off. And one was from Dubai, the other was from Israel. And they were incredibly successful, way, way more successful than me. They were both older. They both had, one of them had a company with 14,000 employees. I mean, they were just, he's friends with the, um, the crown prince of Dubai. I mean, just insane level, different, a whole different level. And when we were talking, I realized that all three of us suffered from the same problem. And it was that we that we came to Antarctica for an experience, but what we didn't realize, what the real blessing was the trip was to be out of communication for a week. Cause we could actually let, and we had some really wonderful conversations on what it's like when your mind is free to think. And I think that's, that's kind of the goal of this year is to take a step back from being on that constant achieve, 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 grow, 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 work hard, hustle, 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 take a step back and, and, and let things kind of come to me. And so I'm really excited to see, because that, that's the beautiful thing about life is I always, when I was a kid, I used to look at those people who I was, you know, those kids we all know about in school where they're seven years old and they, I want to be a fireman. And then they go on to be a fireman. They know exactly what they want to be. I've never been like that. I've changed careers multiple times. I've had different interests. I'm so different to who I was at 25, 35, you know, hopefully 55, I'll be very different from I am today. So I think that's the key is it's sometimes your goal should be take a step back and see if you're, if you're, what's the expression? You shouldn't just be cutting down trees in a forest. Sometimes you've got to climb a tree and see if the direction's right, you know, that you're going. So I think that's, it's, it's a real pivotal year for me that I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm taking the time. And it's hard because we get used to being productive and working hard and, and getting things done and ticking boxes. And it, it's, it's, it's taken me a lot of soul searching to be like, nope, I'm not going to have all these goals. I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to really just give myself time to figure that out. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, past two years, I kind of was going through the same thing. I was like, I have no idea where I'm supposed to be in life. What am I, what do I want to do? I'm not passionate about what I'm doing. Um, at the time I wasn't. And then it led me to podcasting. I'm like, oh my gosh, I found my passion. Oh my gosh. But had I not taken that time to just like relax and let it come in and, you know, and really figure out what it is that I want to do next next like you know like you said we're always growing we're always changing and there's nothing wrong with it and uh but yeah taking that step back and really just you know letting things flow and not worrying so much of not being attached to the outcome right I think that's huge yes. so that also has helped me but Lawrence 
everything that you mentioned has been incredible and so valuable. And that is exactly what I'm looking for on my show, you know, and I would love to have you on again as a guest in the future as well and see, you know, see how taking that step back um, affected everything and where you're at at that time as well. I'd love to have you back on just to kind of chat about that with the audience too. Um, I mean, everything that you're doing is incredible. So, you know, if anyone is looking to connect with you, Lawrence, and what you have going on, maybe to even come on your podcast to share some inspirational stuff, what would be the best way to go ahead and make that connection with you? Awesome. Either, I guess it will be um, Instagram, my name, Lawrence Stunning, um, or um, LinkedIn. Again, my name, not, nothing fancy. I'm not one of these people with difficult handles, Lawrence Stunning on Instagram. Um, I, I post a lot of stuff for real estate kind of in, Instagram's a bit more real estate. Sorry, um, LinkedIn's a bit more real estate. Instagram's a bit more my life and the podcast. But either of those, shoot me a message. Um, you can definitely get hold of me. When you work in real estate, you have to be out there. So it's not hard to find. <laughs> it's not hard to find me. Some people, you've got to do a lot of digging. Um, but but I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. And anytime, Brittany, you have such good energy. And we are definitely kindred spirits. And I would love to talk to you about Costa Rica because that's a f- I've traveled a lot. It's one of those places. I feel so weird saying this, but I've never been there but I know I love it. And I could see myself in 10 years, moving my family there and relocating. It's just one of those places. And I have some, some of my clients, um, they invest in real estate in Chicago and they live in Costa Rica. And I've heard just so many great things. Seems like there's a really vibrant expat community. And actually my last podcast guest, just to tie this full circle, he, um, Mikhail Thorup, he has a, he has a business where he helps high net worth people get second residences and move to countries where they can, you can save a lot of money in taxes and you can just have that experience. And he's, He's um he's a dad. He's got two kids, and he's lived in nine different countries. He and his wife. So it really is possible. Wow. Too many people think you know, it, and of course it's harder with a family, but we can do these awesome things. We can relocate. Mm-hmm. We can change a whole life path. And I think that's the that's one of the benefits about these conversations, Brittany. Is these podcasts is when you hear someone else has done something that you'd like to do, you realize it's possible. And by giving someone that gift, because too many people, too many, too many times we have these blinkers on what's possible in life. And that's why I'm a big reader. I'm a big consumer of podcasts as well, is that you, you hear from exceptional people and it raises your ceiling on self-belief. And I think that's so important. So if we can just give people that, that, um, that raised ceiling and give them a bit of inspiration to do things, um, they're going to be a bit more fearless. So I think that's really exciting. 100%. 100%. I am happy to, you know what, we'll chat about that after the interview as well, but Costa Rica, because it is so achievable and you're going to love it and you're going to be there. So, <laughs> um, you know, it is, it's, and anyone else listening, same thing, you know, it, even if it seems so far out of reach, like you can do it. There's ways people do it. Like you said, your buddy with the kids who've moved and lived in nine different countries, there are people out there that will help you figure out the steps you need to do to get there. And I know a lot of them as well. So. Um, this has been absolutely amazing. So thank you so much, Lawrence. And you guys, he is not hard to find. I, I found him very easily as well <laughs> on LinkedIn and Instagram. And I was like, oh, this he's a fit. He needs to come on my show. Um, so incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, Lawrence, to jump on here because it's been such a privilege. And I can't wait to get you on again in the future. It's been a true pleasure, Brittany. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Lauren Stunning did today to talk a little bit about your story, your business, the podcast, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well.
Thanks, everybody. And thanks so much, Lawrence. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.